1: everybody and welcome to episode 148 of the mom hour i am megan francis here as always with sarah powers what's
0: up sarah hey megan how you doing over there i'm good i'm excited for this i'm going to lean heavily on your wise ways on <laughs> <My>, this topic. <laughs> i hope you're
1: gonna say like wisdom and knowledge because i'm not sure that i have that but we are talking about school projects homework and how much to help kids with both um, it's kind of funny because we once did an episode where we kind of ragged on homework uh, for little kids. So what was that, Sarah, episode? Uh, 45, like, I
0: think. 45, yeah. and it was
1: a long time ago. Um, yeah. And I think our basic takeaway was we know likey, but we do realize it. it's kind of... For some of us, it's just sort of reality, right? Like we just yeah, have and to deal we, with it.
0: In that episode, we spent a lot of time on ridiculous worksheet homework in like right. kindergarten, first, and second <laughs> exactly. grade. And that's exactly. not what we're talking about today. We're talking about yeah. the type of stuff that almost, no matter your school situation, just becomes a part of life. Say it like does, upper yeah. elementary, and then for sure middle and high school.
1: Yep, and it really changes and add, and and builds on faster than you'd expect. Sometimes, like I yeah. thought, the leap from seventh to or sixth to seventh grade was extreme for all of the kids of mine who've gone through that. Um, and Owen will be doing that next year. So not really looking forward to that. So really what we're talking about today is how we support our kids in their school work. They do um, at home and also like how we're helpful, but not doing the work for them. Yeah. Um, how we draw that line sometimes between letting them sort of take the fall for not doing Right. The work that they should have done. And I have a lot to say about that. So I'm hoping it's going to be actually helpful and not just me griping the entire time and saying, I don't know. Well, Well, this is a
0: good bounce because, you know, I'm like the eager beaver who has a fourth grader this year and fourth grade has like really stepped up. We just had like a a big school project that I'll talk about in a minute but I also like you know I've read a lot about this and I I'm really interested in this topic but I I don't have the real world experience that you do so maybe we'll make a good a good you know what I
1: remember those days I remember getting really like almost excited about the prospect of my kids having real school work and yeah and having like you know the um, projects to do and me being like trying to figure out how to fit in and that feels so long ago now. What happened I was they all got so much schoolwork that I <laughs> you you couldn't. didn't have time to read about it anymore. It's, so. like with,
0: it's like with your first kid and feeding them, how you just have this right. vision of like the perfectly balanced, nutritious meal. And then by the right. third kid, you're like, oh, yeah. eat.
1: Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience,
0: Listeners,
1: Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to FromOurPlace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's FromOurPlace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: All right. Um, okay. <laughs> we have to start with the classic like school science project. Yes. Like the trifold display. Do you feel like I feel like I forgot this was a thing from basically as soon as I was done with them, like sixth grade until I had an elementary school. It was like I blocked it out of my life. And then once it comes back, it's back with a vengeance, including this funny meme that I put in our outline and we'll put up on the science project. But (laughs) I'll I'll just describe it really quick. It's a trifold board, like a display board says how much turmoil does the science project cause families and then there's like survey results like findings so the answer is yes. a lot many yeah. tears have been findings shed.
1: everyone hates the science fair yeah it's so funny <laughs>
0: conclusion, um, <laughs> <in> conclusion. <laughs> so here
1: here are some things about those I you know I consider myself an intelligent person I'm fairly sharp tack um and I am hopeless at figuring out what my kids are actually supposed to do for these. I feel like I'm terrible at reading rubrics. And I'm sure mm. that is a personality thing. I bet you're great at it. Yeah, Sarah. it
0: is. I in fact, I rely very heavily on rubrics. And yeah. probably that actually impairs things like creativity. But so uh, yes, for a me, good rubric a rubric is...
1: goes against the spirit of the <laughs> assignment, which is to absorb knowledge yeah. and express that knowledge in some way that is maybe a little different than everybody else. And so I find a rubric really limiting and frustrating and in fact difficult like I don't I can I have a hard time even figuring out what's the most important thing on this rubric how would this be judged like to me that throws the whole thing off and so I find myself getting probably uh irrationally upset when I feel that my kids are being graded too closely to the rubric which they all are because that's how things are graded these days and that's my hang up that I need to get over but it's just I'm looking at this picture of this trifold and it's giving me like like PTSD to a, a month or so ago when Owen had um, a history project that he did and I thought he did a bang up job mm-hmm. and he didn't get as good of a grade as we thought he would and I don't know why and, but I don't feel like I don't feel qualified <laughs> because I don't understand the rubric so now I don't feel qualified to like say why I didn't think was he did as he, well and...
0: was he upset or no Did he... yeah no
1: he and he... and Owen is uh, Owen has a, a healthy um dose of moral outrage at all times. <laughs> and by moral outrage I mean anything that goes against what he thinks the wor- yeah. how the world should run to it's him personally is a moral offensive. it is yeah. a moral issue. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't fit in Owen's, you know, idea of the way things should be, it is ethically wrong and morally wrong. And so he had a real problem with the way he was um the way he was graded. Looking back, I guess I can see where some things were a little weak and he got really caught up in some of his own ideas which Uh is uh, also a weakness of mine, even though Owen and my personality are very different. Um, I could see I could understand that. Like he got really hung up on the way he expressed himself in the essay, but then didn't necessarily do all the supporting things that had to be done around the essay. And Yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, But anyway, no, he didn't feel that he got as good of a grade as he could have. But but then he was over it. He let it go. And so I let it go. And I just realized, you know, sixth grade this is not going to be yeah. on his final his you know final record or whatever.
0: <laughs> so- well, and what I wanted to say to that too in the reading that I have done on this type of stuff is the skills that are supposed to come out of say a science fair project or a history project, anything with the trifold board um, are not often about the actual thing they are learning about or the actual work they produce, but a lot of it is about time management and executive fun- functioning and skills yeah. involved in doing a more long term project so it's also possible that owen kind of flexed his muscles in some of those ways and was mad about his grade but maybe even being mad about a grade or learning that certain teachers grade very close to the rubric is actually all part of it do you know what i mean i bet
1: you're right yes like this like this is sixth grade this is when the rubber hits the road right and so he is learning that it doesn't matter first of all he got by on being just smart for a long time and sixth grade, that go- that stops. Yeah. You can't just be smart and charming and get away with it in sixth grade. You have to do precisely what was asked of right. you. And it doesn't matter how much the teacher likes you. They will yeah. still grade you. Um, they're not going to grade you according to your effort. They will grade you according to what you produced and whether it met expectations. And in its case, it didn't. And these projects. It was still a fine grade, by the way, but it wasn't as good as you hoped.
0: And these projects purposely take place over several weeks, which is always what I hated about them because I am a very fast, efficient worker and I would prefer to do one worksheet a day for the rest of my life than a long term project. That was always really challenging for me. But the reason that these projects are still around is that that kind of project planning and sort of breaking something into small chunks, I think schools still realize that is an important skill so we can hate on the projects and i think we we hate them appropriately but i do want to make an argument for the thing your kids learn your kid learns from doing a science project might be that they hate science projects but it might also be that they need help with long-term planning it might be that they that they need practice working in a group i mean all of these things are lessons and it's not necessarily about like can you water a plant with Coca Cola and will it grow? Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Like- <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, so I'm I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater of the project. In fact, I like projects more than I like day to day assignments. But that's also my personality. Right. To me, a project is a big fun thing right. that we get to put a lot of effort into, but then it's over. Right. Which is very different from like bring home your worksheet every day and work on it or whatever. Do right. assignment problems two, four, eight, nine. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So. To me, there's something about a project that really gets me kind of geeked up, Uh but at the same time. And it's the novelty. It's the the shiny object of,
0: yeah. Um, Well, Allegra had a, um, they call it the living museum or the wax museum where they dress up like a famous person and have to pretend to be them. And I think schools do this. A lot of schools do this, but um, she was Sally Ride. So first American woman in space. And that was, this was our first like trifled presentation project she had, a, had to memorize a little speech um and actually we came away relatively unscathed and I do have a few thoughts on like why it wasn't so miserable but um so I guess I'll just mention a couple but yeah yeah, the yeah. one thing I tried to really keep in mind is to help her with the skills she needed to complete the project not with the deliverables of the project so like oh, okay. what I mean by that is she really has trouble staying focused. She's not a linear worker or a linear thinker. So she really, and she's fourth grade. So we're just in the beginning of this process. She really needs help, like making a list, for example, of what to do next. Like to her, it's like construction paper, um, display boards, staplers, and also research on the internet. And also like, it's all jumbled up. And I, I'm usually pretty good at, thinking linearly and chronologically. Mm, so yeah. I could sit down with her and say let's make a list of what we need to do for, you know, the display board. Let's, you know, let's do this now. So sort of helping her project plan, I guess, which is something that comes naturally to me. What I did not help her with is the actual research, the typing up of the facts, the mm-hmm. writing of her speech or the taping of stuff on the display board. So that those were things she needed to do on on her own. I think she really needed my help with the bigger picture skills. That are going to translate to the next project, and that's why that's why to me that felt like it was worth my investment because I felt like I was giving her not just help with this project, but help with the the skills to do another project in the future. Does that make sense? Right.
1: No, it totally makes sense. It's like yeah, teach a child to fish and yeah. you know, make them make them fish sticks and they'll eat for a lunch. And
0: in the, the end result, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just said that up off the top of my head. Aren't like you it. proud of me? Let's put that on a Thank meme. You. Um, and the end result might not look as pretty. I mean, that's the thing. We have right. all been to science fairs and seen the boards that totally look like a grown up did them. So I, yeah. I really try and like take pride in the fact that my kids stuff doesn't look like that. To me, that's like yeah. super important. I'm sure you're the same. Well, can
1: I can I also give like, yeah. I, I guess this isn't really advice. This is the kind of advice I always give, um, which is not Hangin really. Nice. Well, I think it's so easy for parents to get caught up in the magnitude of a project with a capital P Mm -hmm. and I have to tell you I'm here to tell you that there is no one project except when you get into the upper high school years there's no one project that's gonna and that's a maybe still that's gonna completely derail your kids academic career if they don't get it right and especially middle school and upper elementary is all about learning this stuff and yeah. figuring it out and you can fall on your face and you're still, you know, almost certainly going to make it to high school, which is where the real stakes, the stakes do get much higher. Yeah. And and that's, you know, very understandable. But even there, I have found that teachers are so willing to let kids have another crack at something if they mm-hmm. miss the boat the first time or, you know, just, I, I've never found that there was one project that was really worth sometimes the hand wringing yeah. that we tend to give it so Isn't that true of like yeah. our own work well, life every, too like right? I feel like
0: you're giving me advice like the thing that seems just insurmountable or so stressful in the moment yeah no one of those things and right parenting it's, struggles like, exactly
1: it's 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 many of those things built up over yeah. time plus the test scores plus the homework scores plus right. you know uh plus the like it's all of the things plus the participation grade if there is that one right. like all of those things add up together and I have just found that if kids are really putting in an effort and showing up and doing the work they can they can fall on their face with a project. It's gonna yeah. be almost certainly okay um and it'll, it'll give you give you a great story. I have a story about Jacob actually I'd yeah. forgotten until like just a minute ago about this um I think he was in sixth or seventh grade, and he had one of those trifold you know poster yep. things displays and for some reason, he thought it would be a good idea to glue a piece of cheese to it <laughs> and okay. It was like a floppy piece of American cheese. And I don't remember what that had to do with the project. Probably very very little, is my guess. And overnight, the dog literally ate (laughs) his project because it had food on it. Right. So he had... And I think he loved it. I think he got a huge kick out of being able to go to school the next day and tell his teacher that the dog ate his project. But then the funny thing is I had to, like, send in a note.
0: And and I
1: think I sent a picture and just said, just so you know, we've all learned something here, like... I should have probably intervened and said that's a terrible idea. But, you know, I didn't expect the dog to get up on the table and eat his homework or his project. Um,
0: that is an awesome story. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, if you're going to put active like food, unwrapped food on your child's project or if they're going to do it, just put it up on top of the fridge or something. I love the that. I can't get that to is it.
0: Such a good story. Yeah. Um, OK, well, I've, here's another tip that from my very short career it, helping with these kind of projects. But this is more a tip for how not to lose your mind as a parent. um, And that is match effort for effort. So if one of my kids has something to do that they are not putting any effort into and they don't care about it, I have very little desire to help them. Um, And it's just sort of like it doesn't make sense. You can tell that's when that's when everything ends in tears and the board gets done by mom or dad because the kid the kid loses energy and loses momentum and parent gets ramped up and does more and more and everyone's mad allegra this this last project one of the reasons why it was mostly a pleasant experience is she really wanted to do a good job she needed some help getting there but she was working hard in the best way she could as a fourth grader and so that made me a lot more willing to you know, take some time out of my Saturday to help her with the skills she needed, and yada yada. And I think that's—I mean, I, this is where I love your thoughts on this because I know some kids are perfectionists and really driven, and you might actually have to help them realize that this isn't the be-all and end-all, like we just right. discussed. And other kids just kind of lack effort in general. So I—it's yeah. not—it's not like I—I don't think there's one easy answer here, except that for me, it felt a lot less burdensome to help a kid who was trying. I don't know. That's, I guess, the easiest way to put it.
1: Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I and I'm, I struggle with that still because there are kids who, and I've, I've had one who, if you match effort for their effort, there will be like no effort to match. They would fail. Um, yeah. However, uh, I'm just going to tell some, you know, hard truths. Like, yeah. You can't want it more than they do to that right. degree, where you're literally doing work that they're not doing. For, right. First of all, that's not fair to anybody. No. Um, it doesn't teach them any life lessons. So, but I will just say as a as a caveat, and this just goes to show you that there are kids who, um, there are kids for whom all the platitudes won't be true. Like, yeah, there's those sticky wickets. There's the kid who, you know, there's the kid who falls on their face, and then they realize like they should tie their shoes, and they quit falling on their face. And then there's the kid who doesn't care that they keep falling on their face yeah. for whatever reason, and. We'll just continue to. And, and you still you figure out a way to struggle through. You still get by. Yeah. But I still stick to that as my line in the sand or my um, philosophy because it wouldn't have done any good anyway for me to keep tying the kids shoes yeah. for them. Right. Even though the outcome right. maybe wasn't what I would have wanted. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, and when your kids are maybe on the younger end like mine, this is a good this is a good time to kind of observe those tendencies in your kid. I mean, some kids have a, a huge desire to please, but like not a great work ethic. I have, you know, like, yeah. so, so I mean, there's there's I don't know. There's so many different kinds of kids. There are. Like, and, you like, play, and you have to play and you have to play to
1: what you have to play to their strengths and you have to play yeah. to what motivates them. And And I guess my point is academic success may never literally ever motivate some kids. Sure. Literally ever. <laughs> so there comes a point then where you, you can try all that stuff, and then you might have to go. Okay, well, then what what is my other option? Maybe my option yeah. is acceptance. Maybe my option is helping them find some other ways to win. Yeah, and be successful. And th- those are all things. But like yeah. I totally. But in it, to wrap that all up, I totally agree with what you're saying. The principle that is, you can't try harder than they try.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And to me, especially in the ages my kids are, it's okay if my kid really phones in a project I that's actually totally okay with me I I know that the stakes get higher later on but I am not going to care about them phoning in a project if they don't care about it but in the case of Allegra's Sally Ride project she really she really wanted to step up and it made me I had to kind of I really did have to spend more time than I wanted to on this project but it it didn't feel annoying to me because her desire and effort and work ethic were there in a way I hadn't seen before which made me eager to match it i guess that was my point no yeah totally
1: um, yep i totally you you were able to maybe fill in gaps like mm -hmm. she had the desire but didn't have the skills yeah and 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 i was happy
0: to fill in those gaps because yeah because her work ethic was there where right if if she was phoning it in at the last minute i'd be pretty mad about having to put down what i was doing and like bail her out yeah um which brings me to my next kind of little tip which I think active management at the beginning of a project, active management being like as a parent, I'm going to read through what's required. I'm going to try to like know what, how this is going to impact my life Um, really helps reduce the need to swoop in and save them at the end. So like if, yeah. if, if we don't, if the kid doesn't know what's happening and it's all left to the last minute um, and then you are required to swoop in at the last minute and help at the last minute, nobody's happy. So whatever right. needs to happen, like if you're, you know, if it's possible for the teacher communication to like know know what's coming down the pike, make sure your kid knows it. And I'd rather do a little more help, quote unquote, helping at the beginning, mm. than be dragged in at the end when yeah, no, it's I it's ugly,
1: right? When it's ugly, and it's like you're trying to have clean up somebody else's mess. Right? Nobody at work and at home, and nobody likes that. Right? Like that's never ideal. Um, you know, and one other thing, I just wanted to say really quick, yeah. when we're talking about these big projects that can seem so overwhelming. And sometimes kids just really not caring about them. Um, teachers don't want your kid to fail either. Right. <laughs> like that's right. something that's really important to remember too. Like yeah. it takes a lot of screwing up yeah. to get to the point where your kid is actually in danger of not graduating, right. at least in my experience. Um, so I, I guess that's just to reinforce again, the idea that you have some wiggle room to figure yep. this out for your family and maybe not get it right the first time. Um, and maybe not get it right the second time. Yep and figure each kid out individually as you go without worrying like, Oh my gosh, it's eighth grade. Now. What if we don't, you know, what if they don't do this first project? Well, then they're spiraling down. And there are, you know, if you're, if you think your kid's going to be pretty academically focused, there are things that happen in sixth and seventh and eighth grade, even fifth grade that are important because the, how well they do in math might determine the placement that they get the following year, which means how far they can get in their high school career and that kind of thing. And that, if that matters to you, that matters. But if, but that, if that doesn't matter to you, I think that's okay too. And uh, that, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> what you just said is I, what, I, as you were talking, I was thinking like, what sums up every discussion we ever have on school and academics? Well, two things. One, we love teachers. I feel like that comes out every yes. time. Like they don't get enough credit for what right. they do. And you and I are both huge teacher supporters. But the other one is that, Academic success means different things to different people, including different things to different kids. And you don't have to feel the same way about success that everybody else does. So like we I feel like we always end up at this place where we're like, it's okay to have a kid that's super driven and goes to the Ivy League. And it's okay to have a kid that takes the GED and like, you know, exits high school early. So um, I just feel like that's what we always come back to. And that's not at all to knock the academic path. It's just it's just and it's not to to throw your hands
1: up in the air and say you have no input or no not that's not it at all. It's it's just realizing reality and where you all fall into that reality. And yeah, there's yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah, keep yeah.
1: going, but I think, yeah, no, I think we're, we're on the
0: same page there. Okay. Yeah. So my last like concrete tip in this section was so, so perfectly dovetails with our episode a couple of weeks ago about other adults in our kids yes. lives. And this is that projects are a great time to outsource the things you're not yes. good at. Like think, okay. So I hear I had a couple ideas that I thought were fun, but like if, if managing the science fair project, like checking in with your kid weekly or like, keeping them on task is your idea of a personal hell. Like maybe that kid can FaceTime with grandma who used to be a teacher or with their cool aunt or uncle. And you just make a little phone date once a week and they have to like report back and show on the FaceTime, like how their plants are growing. You can put some structure around that and make it fun, but then you don't have to do it. So that's one way to outsource. I love that idea. Or think about it. Like
1: what I was going to say is like, isn't it more fun to clean someone else's house totally. than it is to clean your yes, own? That's such a so good analogy. Wh- how much fun would it be if you, Sarah, had a friend whose daughter had like an English, like a creative writing assignment? Yeah. And they wanted you to be the very special hand selected adult who was going to totally. help her with that. Like, that would be so fun. Totally. If, even if it was my own kid's creative writing assignment, I might be like, <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. But because it's like somebody else's kid, you you have this influence suddenly that you wouldn't have otherwise had you get to be an expert it's fun like yes. people love to be asked for help especially stuff that they are really good at or just have an interest in so yeah. I love that idea. and
0: your kid might even be a little more accountable just with that little bit of external accountability rather than like yep. the mom who just happens to nag about it three times a day <laughs> right so um and then another one I thought of was like if you're not creative or crafty and it is display board time like make an afternoon date with your kid and someone that they look up to, even a teenager. Like actually that would be an awesome one. Like a high a cool high schooler for your middle schooler um, to put together a display board together. But I also think there's like study halls and tutoring places and places that can just provide a little bit of structure. If you are going into like a six week project, this is your time to be like, okay, I don't want to be miserable at the end. What do I need to do now? What can I outsource? That And what resources does my kid need? Because guess what? You don't have to be all the things like we talked about that. No, you really don't.
1: You really don't. Um, I I wanted to circle back really quickly to the creativity thing. One thing that this is just a really dumb little tip, but one thing I have found that makes um, the creative aspects of putting together a poster or a display board better for me is to indulge in the stuff I do like, which happens to be buying craft supplies. Yeah. Um, stencils and sticky letters have like saved because I'm terrible at lettering, like yeah. terrible at it, but I love buying art supplies uh-huh. and craft supplies. And, and I remember even being a kid, what a, what a hang up letter hand lettering was for mm-hmm. me. Like, I never felt like I was good at it. It was painstaking. It looked bad and it made me feel bad. So I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I started buying foam letters and stencils and they made everything like nice. everyone feels good about the way it looks afterward, including me.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, I think even stocking up, I might stock up on display boards and just keep a few because I had to, it was harder than I thought to find one for this. I thought it would be Amazon and we love Amazon, but it was not the solution for this display board. I went to Staples and that was fine, but um, they're also more expensive than I thought they'd be. So they're very expensive. Yeah, I didn't realize that. See, I'm, I'm, I'm such a, I'm a wee babe in the woods. (laughs) And I've,
1: I can't tell you how many times I've had to run out and buy like run out to Walgreens because it's the only place close by that's open past 10 o'clock to buy like, a poster not a real display board but like a yeah, poster, poster board mm-hmm. and at, this is after i'm already my pajamas and everything else <laughs> and just thinking to myself man i wish i had like a stash of these someplace although yes. even if, if i did have them clara would probably draw on them all but yeah she'd make she'd wallpaper sh- the wall yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um i wanted to ask you before we take our break is there anything about like studying for big tests that is different than what Ooh. we've already talked about because that's something that we haven't gotten into but like you know, final like in high school, your kids have had finals yeah. and midterms and stuff is is a lot of are a lot of the general tips kind of similar or does anything test specific come to mind?
1: So standardized tests, I think, are the only one I can think of where you can truly apply a formula. Uh huh. Um, Really, there is a me- there is a there is a method to taking standardized tests and kids who understand those methods do better. It's just mm-hmm. like you know, SAT yeah. prep and all that kind of stuff. Those, those, I think there are like definable things that you can tell kids that help them with other tests. I have just found they're all so different that it's kind of, again, like gauging the child, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if it's like a, if it's a test for English and it's mostly essay questions, the strengths they need to do well are so different from the strengths they might need to do really well yeah. on their chemistry test yeah. that there's not, I don't really have like good tips i think what i would say is again it's like creating space for them to remember to work on it i think mm-hmm. kids can get a little arrogant sometimes yeah. about um about testing and uh i'm trying to think of how to put this like i'm smart so i don't have to study right i did well the last test this one yeah. will be fine and they it's almost like they forget yeah, to set aside that time to study yep. because it's not they
0: don't have to. I was they a last they minute could wing it. studier. I remember yeah. a lot of tests in high school, like yes, not not um, standardized tests. I mean, you know, chapter tests like chemistry, history. I don't. I don't. This high school still like that. I, just, that's, I have a lot of uh, tests. Yeah, no,
1: they have a lot. Yeah, and, and honestly, my kids don't tell me about all their tests. Like we've never right. really been the the like I've got a big science test on Friday, mom. Right. Like I know I have a vague idea of what they've got coming up, but yeah. I'm not so intimately aware of their day-to-day um that's just kind of the way i choose to do it yeah (laughs) um but like if there's something important or something that you know midterms i always know about those obviously like final exams i always know about those and i think i've always just tried to create a place where they can study and then make sure they get a good night's sleep and get a good dinner and you know just like those kinds of ways to support and and have some structure around um around the home life chunk of yeah. it yes um, no i think i yeah. think
0: that's such a huge part of it and actually we should give a shout out to the princeton review again because we that code gets you 60 minutes free so if you do have yeah. kids studying for a big test that's a great way to test it out yes and like you said megan you're there and you're supportive but you're not the subject matter expert so right, when we're talking exactly. about outsourcing and bringing in yes. the <laughs> bringing in the big guns or the experts um those of you with kids in that age have to try that out
1: yeah um, i totally would yep
0: Okay. So, I mean, we're really, if this is not a like a big shift. We're just continuing the conversation about how to help, but not hover. But I th- I, I'm glad we kind of started with the big science fair projects because homework is a little different. It's daily. It's less um, long-term um, and almost everybody has it. Um, like you right. said, Megan, at the top of the show, we've both registered our um, lack of enthusiasm about homework in the younger grades. And right. I, I remain on that soapbox, but we're really talking about middle and high school here when homework is a part of life.
1: Right. It is. And there's really no getting away from it. Um, I will say in middle school, I have found that teachers have wildly, wildly varying ideas about how much homework to give. And in my kids, middle school, the teachers are pretty good about communicating with each other
0: mm-hmm. so that it's not oh, like one good. kid's
1: coming home with it. They just have a really unique. Uh, well, that's what Jenna works. And I hear mm-hmm. a lot about like just how much great communication there is. But, but you, you know, because they do realize that like kids aren't living in a vacuum. They have, you know, five or six or seven classes that they're going to every day and everybody gives them an hour of homework. Right. (laughs) That's never going to get done. So, um, we do find that, that in middle school, it seems to be managed somewhat at their school. And maybe that's common. Um, and the high school, it's a little more like Every man for himself, because right. you're, if you've loaded yourself up with AP classes or yeah. honors classes, you're just going to have a heavier load. And you kind of then it kind of becomes on the parents or the kids to kind of figure out how to manage that, um, right. which I have opinions about as well. But yes. my opinions don't matter.
0: They do <laughs> because here I'm, in a safe not, space. <laughs> yeah, OK.
1: Well, I'm not the one making legislation, and I'm not the one creating curriculums, and I'm not the one who's created the standards that teachers are expected to keep their kids to. And yeah that's un- it's unfortunate because i think sometimes those decisions are made by far away um entities who don't mm-hmm. really understand what then that looks like in a real day in a real classroom in a real community with real kids but or let alone in at your home um, but I don't know. Did I, I don't think I even had a point. Did I? No, it's
0: all right. I didn't even I'm ask ranting. a question. I'm but gently I'm, ranting. Oh, well, it couldn't be an episode about homework if we didn't rant. <laughs> That's <laughs> this right. is a safe space. Um, but I was going to ask you like, because I don't know in middle and high school, I mean, your kids are, are, or should be pretty independent, but how yeah. are teachers like, is there at the beginning of the year, do you get sort of some information about from teachers about what's expected at the homework is there like back to school night Do you still like uh, is there any point at which you hear okay here's my philosophy in this class or here's what the homework expectations will be or is it all filtering through your kids
1: it's mostly filtering through your kids i prefer it that way there is i mean there's still there's um i can't remember the name of the, it's learning is the name of the the Portal. it used to have a different name and it just changed. Yeah, like where you can go check and see what your kid's homework is. I do not go to that for my right. high schooler whatsoever. I I just don't. I middle school I I check it. I try not to um I try not to fixate on it. Right. I still get Isaac, he's my only high schooler at the moment. His grades are delivered to my email box once a week. Okay. By the time I'm looking at them, they're kind of dated already right. and often it doesn't reflect a big assignment or right maybe he missed a day and like has to make it up or whatever so that often is not really reflective of reality and i have found for myself there comes a point where i just have to trust yep. that his interpretation of what's going on is accurate yep. because i really i'm not going to be emailing all the teachers all day to find out you know is this accurate is this zero right. really true blah blah right. blah if he comes right. to me and asks me to help him with something or intervene in some way i would do that but um it's just not the dynamic that we have and so no i mean the there is at the beginning of the year, you, you know, you can look at the kids' syllabuses. You get an idea of how the classrooms, how the class is graded, what kind of weight different things get as far as tests and projects and homework and all that. So you have an idea, but like as far as the week to week, unless I was actively watching that, I wouldn't know. And I don't care.
0: No, I I think that's, I think that's a great answer. I think the reason I asked is, um, I went back and reread the homework chapter in *The Gift of Failure*, um, and you are a poster child because justly he is not a fan of parents checking the portal excessively, right. <laughs> yeah, as it undermines real, the point of everything, you know. Well, and, and I think it
1: undermines too the relationship between the teacher and the kid. Exactly, like, really, exactly. that's their. And she deal. writes from
0: a teacher's perspective, so right. yeah, it is. Um, but one thing, when it comes to the amount of homework and this idea that oh, kids have quote unquote, too much homework. One thing I thought was interesting in her chapter is um, number one, knowing at the beginning of the year at some point, what what's the amount of homework that kind of should be going home? Is it an hour a night? Is it a few hours spread over the week? And that's why I asked that question. Yeah. But second, um, she made the point that you have to watch your kid as they do their homework because kids who <laughs> say they spent four hours on math that night, for example. Right. A couple different things could be happening. They could be really behind and actually struggling for four hours, in which case that's probably something to look at. Right. That that
1: may require some outside help. Right. They could
0: be getting distracted because it's just outside their ability level. And so they're kind of like meandering, doing other things, getting up. And then maybe that's more of like a study skills issue Um, or I forgot my third thing, but it could be but, just like
1: multitasking between eight different things. Exactly. At once. And that was her yeah. point.
0: So before saying, oh, my gosh, my kid has way too much homework. Number one, know, know how much homework is kind of supposed to be coming home. Like, what is the average kid in that class kind of supposed to be doing knowing that every kid is different? But um, and then number two, watch your kid to see if they are really spending tons and tons of time on that class's homework or if there's something else going on, all of which might be a good opportunity to you know maybe explore tutoring maybe go talk to the teacher but you don't know until you kind of actually watch them I thought that was interesting um yeah
1: well I I, I'm thinking to myself this is just going to make me sound like such a like lackadaisical parent I really don't mean it to but it will anyway and that's fair if it does (laughs) um I don't I do not recall any of my kids past say seventh grade ever complaining about the amount of homework they have.
0: Well, that's a good thing, They'd-
1: but it, it well, it could be that they're doing it before I even get home or they're just getting it through it really fast. They're doing it in school when they have extra time. It could right. be that they're just not doing it. I mean, right. I I have I just don't have that intimate of a relationship with my kids, say, ages 14 and up with their homework level. I just don't. Yeah. And so far, it's been fine. Um if I felt like there was a big problem I needed to intervene on, then I would change my tune. Right. Or change my approach with that kid. But you know, Isaac and I have a pretty good communication about his grades and I rib him a little bit when I'm like, dude, seriously, like foods and nutrition. You you should probably be acing that class right now. And why aren't you? You know, for him it's definitely not the classes that he tends to struggle in do not, it's not because they're hard.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, which I get. I understand that completely. Yeah, me too. So, you know, I- I, I make my expectations known. I make my what I would really like to see him do known. But in the end, his high school education does still belong to him. So. You know, what it's like the, kind of walking that line.
0: What about the sixth and seventh graders, sixth and seventh and eighth, where they're still they they like I've had I've seen to, some struggles Yeah, that
1: I've seen some struggles where they're having a hard. Be- well, first of all, they want to please so badly at that mm-hmm. age. They still want to make their teachers really happy um, and they want to make me happy. It's different. Like a sixth and seventh grader, even an eighth grader, they still want to they want their teachers to like them. They want to succeed at a certain, you know, they want to excel and they want me to feel happy about their, about what they're doing. And so I think they feel more pressure. Plus it's also still new to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So yeah, there's been a little bit of that. And, and there's been times when I've, at that level, I would intervene if I felt like it was, it was too much. Yeah. Um, Send an email or something and just say, Hey, my son didn't get this done because we have a life and we had stuff going on or we, or he happened to have a lot of homework from another class, or right. he wasn't feeling well, or whatever. At that age, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I'm still willing to to intervene, but I will say it hasn't been a huge problem. Are, it's just been more of a thing.
0: Yeah are the are the kids in that age range usually doing their homework in their rooms or out in the open? Usually
1: that's, at the dining room table. Yeah. in my house. So I think yeah. that's.
0: I mean, that's where. Although
1: this... although my kids, both my middle schoolers, have a bus ride, and often they get it all done on the bus, right? And I right. have had no reason to yet to think that they're not really getting it done or they're not doing a good job because academically they're doing fine. So I I don't want to make a problem of that until it's a problem.
0: Right. You know? Right. No, I'm I'm just very curious in this, like finding this balance between quote unquote helping with homework if needed versus getting too involved. It definitely sounds like you are, you haven't had to be overly involved, which I think I think is awesome, but my instinct says it's like the exception and not the rule. And I don't it, know if that's because of the culture of overparenting or certain Well, types. what I was just yeah. going to say is
1: I my standards are probably lower than a lot of other people's, so that I'm sure has a lot to do with it. We my all... definition of what it means to be a successful teenager is not aligned with the cultural norms. Let's just put it that way. Ooh, did you like that sentence yeah. I just crafted yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, which makes it harder in some ways and easier in some ways easier yeah. because I don't have to care about stuff I don't care about I don't have to pretend to care about stuff I don't care about but harder because then you do feel that like weirdness or guilt about it sometimes right. so
0: right. well I yeah I don't think you should feel guilty I think it's actually refreshing
1: mm, that's what people say about me <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um well, I hope <laughs> maybe let's talk about um, teaching kids to advocate for themselves because I know yeah. that you have many opinions on this. And part of the reason you are able to be hands off is I think you have made it very clear in your family and in your family culture that it's important that kids are advocating for themselves at school. Do you yeah. want to talk about that? Yeah. Well,
1: one thing that I've, that I've been a real stickler about, especially with kids like eighth grade and up-ish, is if they need to go back to their teacher and ask for an extension, ask. I mean, I've had a couple of times where it's like, dude, we're getting to the end of the marking period. This grade is dumb. I mean, I'll be very frank with my kids. I'm like, this grade is stupid. Like, really? Like, I don't mind you struggling in a class that you're really struggling with. But if you're not doing well in orchestra because you never turned in your, rehe- like, your practice log, mm-hmm. to me, that's one of those. It's yeah. a gimme. Just take the gimme. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it. So if it's something like that, I will insist that they... Reach out to their teachers themselves. They're welcome to copy me on the email, and I Mm -hmm. will ask them to do that just so I know that they actually did it. Um, But I really want them to take responsibility for that, not just because I don't want to have to be the go-between, which you know kind of defeats the purpose, but also because I feel like that teaches. I mean, it's a it's an important life lesson for kids, especially kids who fly under the radar or who don't like to ask for help or don't want to. Um, push the envelope mm-hmm. I think it's really important for kids to kind of be pushed into doing that mm-hmm. and to be kind of made to do that Um, advocating for themselves but also taking the responsibility of saying I I missed this deadline what can I do is mm-hmm. there anything I can do to make it up and sometimes the answer is no right there's nothing you can do you blew right. it <laughs> so and that's an important lesson too so um so that's one thing um I think It gets trickier when kids don't know what they need, when they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I look back at myself and especially high school, thinking that I was bad at math and now realizing that what I really was, was bad at study skills. Mm -hmm. And in everything besides math, I could fake it. Right, But math, I couldn't fake it. There's one right answer. And Mm -hmm. once you get beyond like pre-algebra, there's no way to you can't back yourself into the answer right. and I remember like tying myself up knots trying to work backward to figure out an algebra problem in reverse which you can do if you have a lot of time on your hands <laughs> but you can't do it once there's more than like one variable right that uh, removes that option and then what do you do you know so when there's no way to kind of fake it or just go by your like your language smarts or your kind of cultural knowledge or make guesses that's when I think kids start to get confused about what it is they don't know. Right. So that's where I think like, like if you're getting your kid a tutor, it would be much more helpful for you to kind of help them figure out what it is they need. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if they just think like, I had this little thing with Owen when he was doing that, um, the Princeton review tutoring and he was like, well, I already know how to find that answer. I know how to find that answer. So, you know, I told you he's the argumentative one, right? He, Owen thinks he knows everything. And he was like, well, I, I know where to go. Like, I can just look here and this, I can go to this website and that website. And it's like, well, that's not the point. What the point isn't that you don't know this fact. The point is that you don't really understand how this fact fits Mm -hmm. into context Mm -hmm. of the greater story here. And so I had to tell him that he didn't, he didn't know what he didn't know.
0: And I can really see how that's a maturity thing. And like totally something that, like you said, looking back on math that we don't, It's life experience.
1: Like you don't know how you you don't realize like what you didn't know until like later and you go, oh, right. 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 Yeah. Right. I was missing a huge chunk of knowledge that would help me connect those dots. Well, and
0: actually, this is maybe the only time you'll ever hear me make a positive argument for homework. (laughs) But if we look at the cumulative effect of homework over the years of, say, like fifth or sixth grade on through, Maybe one of the benefits of homework is sort of like self-knowledge, like knowing what what comes naturally to you, what you struggle yeah. with, like what ty- what time of day do you work best in? Like what how do you respond to distractions? And I think that's a learning curve for both parents and kids. Like and so like we talked about with the science fair project, maybe it's not so much about the homework itself, but yeah, understanding the daily practice of struggling through something and like finding that ideal that ideal struggle where it's hard and you're pushing through and then you feel really good about it, but you're not just wallowing. Um, And I think that that's where, I think that's where the piece that I mentioned from the book, the gift of failure kind of resonated with me about kind of observing like how your kid what's your kid's relationship with homework? Is it, Mm -hmm. is it so hard that they're giving up? Is it the right amount of hard where they're kind of struggling or they might need that, that little bit of redirection or help? Is it so easy that they're flying through and that can be a problem in another, I mean, in a different capacity. Or they're so easy.
1: It doesn't even hold their interest.
0: Right. And they don't even want to do it. Yeah. I I think as I go into these like early middle school years in the next few years, I think that is something that's, I think, kind of comforting to me. that it's like, it's not about the homework necessarily, but it is about these skills I want my kids to have. And, and it's also a good um, sort of like litmus test for how they're doing in school. And I don't yeah. mean just A's and B's, but like, are they kind of developmentally on track where like, this is the right of, like I I keep saying like the right amount of struggle for them, not yeah. too much and not too little. So homework yeah. is maybe the, like the lens through which we get to see that. And I totally hear what you're saying that late, the, as as they get older into high school, it really is much more autonomous, but it's yeah. a continuum. We've got to get there. It is.
1: And, and you know, I was also going to say, like, speaking f- as a parent of a kid who appeared not to care about academics, every everybody cares about something. Yeah. So you might have a kid who, who really, truly doesn't care about their grade. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they don't care about learning. That right. means maybe right. they just grades are not the way that they Decide they've learned something and you have well, to learn how to play to that. Yeah. You know, um, and and that's tied to homework only in that homework is such a huge part of kids grades right. these days. And right. and so if that's the case and you have a kid who is like that rebel who's like, well, you know, I don't need to have an A in this class for you to know that I know stuff. You need to, almost like it's like it's like being a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to figure out how to back into that conversation and say, well, that's not how I mean. I know that you are smart and you right. know stuff. But this is this is how you're going to be judged. So let's figure out how to get you there. Right. Even if it's just getting you halfway there. Like, right. let's just figure that out. And it's just a lot of problem solving. Yeah. Really a, a parenting adult kids. I or adult kids, young adults. It's like it's like half problem solving and half psychology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no more. I don't know, toileting issues, generally speaking and things <laughs> like that. It's all about like thinking on your feet yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if that even ties into that topic but
0: (laughs) i like it um okay well let's kind of start to wrap up here but i hope you've given me much to think about wise one Mm -hmm. um i wanted to say that i'm working on a couple of listener question episodes you guys know we do that you know every two or three months um but you guys we really want you to record yourselves asking a, a parenting question and send it in um we kind of stopped asking for that and i noticed they dropped off it's so much fun to hear your voices so it really is I love there's it. there's a little um in in the sidebar of our website at themomhour.com there's a little form called speak pipe where you can talk into your computer but you don't need that that's just if that's the easiest way most people just find it really easy to use your phone's voice recorder app and then just email us that file um, it makes us so happy when you do. And I'm not saying we prioritize those questions over the ones we well, get by email. I think I'll, we just they're just so novel.
1: I novel. We love hearing people's voices. And so. I mean,
0: podcast hello, this is like audio format. Yes. So we like hearing conversations and voices, and we don't care if your kids are in the background. I mean, most of the questions we get have babies and little kids in the yes, background. We love absolutely. it. So yeah. Um, so that's my little shout out. Um, but soon, I mean, you can always send us questions, but I'm I'm do gathering some right now. So if you want in <laughs> on the next round, do it now so it's hello at themomhour.com is our email and um and you can you can email us you can write out your questions too but we'll love you a little teeny bit more if you send them in audio format
1: yeah and we also want to remind you guys to try out the princeton review because you're going to get 60 minutes for free and that ties so nicely into all the stuff that we were talking about today so go to princetonreview.com slash themomhour for 60 minutes free
0: Yeah. I mean, we can't solve all your homework problems forever, but that's one hour. You can get 60 minutes of of (laughs) one hour of better relationship with homework and your homework doing kids. Um, All right, you guys. Well, as always, everything we talked about is at themomhour.com. This is episode 148, and we will talk to you guys soon.
1: That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.